episode 22 of the Shock Jock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you. Hope you're enjoying your Thanksgiving Day weekend. I think by now you're probably divvying up the leftovers at this time. By the time the show goes out, you guys will have had your feast. You'll be stuffed to the brim and you'll be wondering who is taking home the leftovers from the Turkey Day feast. Hope you're enjoying the weekend. Hope you're enjoying the sports going on this weekend and hope you're enjoying time with your family and your friends. A lot to get to on the show. You guys came through with a lot of questions. I was hoping you guys would really hit me with some good ones, and we've got a good mix of Thanksgiving Day kind of questions uh, and also, uh, of course, a lot of Nick's questions and some other questions as well. A lot of people sending in uh, some other things that they wanted me to look at and get into as well. Here's a little teaser for that. I am going to basically make a Thanksgiving Day lineup out of Nick players and basically equip, you know, what's the right word? Put them together with a dish. What what dish best represents the Knicks starting five and a sixth man, I think it will be there as well. Uh, and we're going to basically compare the Knicks to Thanksgiving Day dinner and see how it goes. <laughs> it was one of the suggestions that you guys sent in. So we're going to look at that later on in the show. Uh, But first, we're going to get to the business end first and save the goodies and your questions for the end of the show. I'm going to try to get through the last couple of games and and the current state of the Knicks as quickly as possible to get to the good stuff. I know you you guys at this point know what's going on. You know, it's the holiday season. Uh, The the Knicks will play a game, uh, you know, because right now I'm recording this the day before Thanksgiving. So, you know, from the for the next couple of days, like you guys, I'm going to be. Uh, with the family and out of the state. So it's going to be one of those things where I'm getting it done now, uh, answering all your questions, getting through the Knicks talk. Uh, we are going to miss uh, talking about, on this show at least, the game against, I believe it's against, uh, I have to check again. Let me just quickly double check. I think it's against the Sixers. We're going to miss talking about that game. However, uh, we will have a chance to dive into, it's actually the Toronto game. Toronto game on the road uh, on the 27th. So that game is going to happen after I, I'm done recording the podcast. So you guys will know the result. Uh, and I'm not going to dive too much into the upcoming schedule and things like that. You guys have heard me uh, go crazy about that the last couple of weeks. So we're just going to talk about the last two games and then we're going to dive into the good stuff. And that's going to take up most of the show because you guys sent in a lot of questions and a lot of good questions this week. You guys really came through on Twitter, Facebook, and the comments section hitting me up with some really good questions. So we're going to get to that. That's going to take up most of the show. But first, uh, we have to talk about a couple of near misses at MSG. The Knicks, oh, I'm going to try to keep this short. Really tough couple of losses. Chance for the Knicks to really gain some momentum, and and they throw two chances out the window. And it was was disappointing. It really was. Especially... To be honest, the Spurs game was even was was really the one because the Knicks should have won that game. It just just based on the momentum they had, the Spurs I think had lost eight games in a row. They're like they were like six and six and ten, six and eleven, something like that, going into the game, or five and five and eleven, something like that, going into the game, and they just came out and smoked the Knicks in the first half. The Knicks defense was atrocious in the first half. Uh, I think the Knicks got doubled up in the first quarter 
And it got worse from there in the second quarter. Knicks had a huge halftime deficit. Listen, they came back. They made it close. The fourth quarter, the Knicks dominated. They outscored the Spurs by 11 in the fourth. But the first half uh, killed the Knicks. And they they dropped it 111 to 104. More disappointment on the defensive end. I think that was the bottom line as a team from this one. Taj Gibson, I believe, got the start. He, he was terrible. 10 minutes, no points, three rebounds, a steal. He, he was terrible. Absolutely terrible. A couple guys played well off the bench. I thought Wayne Ellington played one of his better games as a Nick, at least scoring the ball. He wasn't efficient, but he scored ball. He had four threes in the game. Again, not efficient, but made some shots. Bobby Portis was great off the bench, 16 points in 20 minutes. Uh, more, more poor play from Kevin Knox. All of a sudden, Kevin Knox is starting to fall back. A little bit so that hasn't been good uh Nilakina was 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 good in this game nine points nine assists and six steals he, he's been playing really well and a lot of you a lot of you are coming in with Frank Nilakina questions that I'll try to get to later on in the show Marcus Morris was phenomenal 20 points on 14 shots 50 percent shooting from the field seven rebounds better from Julius Randall I thought I know four turnovers still isn't great but 14 points Eight rebounds and three assists. I thought that was that was kind of what we were looking for, but again, not efficient from the field. So not a great performance, but but better from him. Again, he he's been disappointing for a lot of this season. There's no getting around that. I think any Nick fan would tell you that. But I felt like he, t- he looking at him and watching him play a lot in this game. I, I thought he was at least taking some better shots. He was getting guys involved. Three assists for me is what I'm looking for out of him. So I, I just hope he's not trying to get I hope he, I hope he's not less passive, I guess is what I'm trying to get at there. He he's gotta to continue to be aggressive, but he's gotta take better shots. He he's he's taken too many threes at times for me. He took five threes in this game. You should not be taking that many when you're not shooting the ball well. When you get when you're getting going, fine, take a couple of threes, but you should be getting to the basket if you're struggling from the field and he wasn't doing that. And again, Knicks limited their turnovers, only 11 turnovers in the game. They turned San Antonio over 22 times. You got to win the game when you do that. And it comes down to overall defensively in that first half, terrible from the Knicks, just terrible. And it cost them in the end. So those are the kind of games that the Knicks fans and Nick players and coaching staff look back on. And and that one should have been a win, should have been a win. And they didn't get it done. The, the, The Nets game, was a game I didn't think the Knicks would win, but they another huge chance goes by the wayside. I the Knicks played well enough to win, and, and that's the problem. They're just not finishing games off. They they played really well overall in the fourth. They outscored the Nets by eight in the fourth, but it again it was that first quarter. Brooklyn edged them, and then they edged them again in the third quarter. Listen, Spencer Dinwiddie ends up making the difference. He had thirty points, and listen. He stepped up for Brooklyn, but in a game, when you look at it and Kyrie Irving doesn't play, you have to win. You have to beat this Nets team. But the problem was, you know, Dinwiddie scores 30, but everybody in the starting five for the Nets was in double figures. Allen had 18, Prince had 14, Harris had 13, Temple had 12. The bench gave you a little bit, but not a lot for the Nets, but that was, that was the problem the Knicks defense didn't hold anybody in check really out of the starting five. And, and really we could go crazy about the, the final inbounds play and, and the Knicks not taking good shots down the stretch and 
uh, and things like that. Listen, Marcus Morris was fantastic again, 26 points on 17 shots. Uh, Julius Randle was even better in this game, only two turnovers, 15 points, eight rebounds, four assists. Uh, a little bit better from Taj Gibson, eight and eight rebounds. And Wayne Ellington, back-to-back good games for him. And a little bit, a little bit better from Dennis Smith Jr., 10 points, five assists. He's hopefully starting to get back into a little bit of a rhythm. Uh, Nilakina was decent again, eight points, five assists. Uh, no blocks or steals, but did have three rebounds. Shot terribly from the field, uh, three of 11. Did make a three, but he was one of five from deep. Not great uh, this time, and this is the problem, and this is what I'll allude to later on in the show uh, when we get to the Nilakina questions, is this, he's not consistent enough. And listen, I'm going to save most of this take for later, but, there, you know, he's played really well at times of late. He's played his, some of his best basketball as a Nick of late, and I get that he's young, but it just doesn't feel like it's enough out of him. And I know that there's not a lot of good players around him, although there is. I mean, Marcus Morris and Julius Randle are, are pulling their load. They're pulling their part of the team. For a lot, especially Marcus Morris, he's been unbelievable for the Knicks this season. He's had to be just to keep them in games at times. Marcus Morris has been really good scoring the ball. And Nilakina at times has been very good on the defensive end. And at times he's been very mediocre on the defensive end. And that's just his whole Nick career, really. And, and a lot of people in the comment, well, he's young and you got to give him time. This is the NBA. This is the NBA. Do you want to win at some point? I don't know if Nilakina is the answer. So I, listen, short term, it's great that Nilakina is playing well and things like that. But at some point, he's got to make a big stride forward. He has made a big stride, but the bar was low. So I don't think anybody, anybody that's a St. Nick fan is not jumping out of their shoes right now about the way Frank Nilakina is playing. They're happy that he's playing better. But remember the bar, remember how low the bar was for Frank Nilakina? We how quickly we forget. And now all of a sudden, yeah, we're jumping for joy. We don't have a lot to jump for joy about as Knicks fans, but you got to keep it in perspective as well. So hopefully that doesn't answer all the Nick questions about Nilakina that I'm getting later on the show, but that's a little teaser uh, for what I'm going to get to uh, later in the show with that kind of stuff. Real quick, the Knicks are last in the East uh, going into the final game. You guys will know the result of the Toronto game. They're likely going to lose that game. So they're going to be 4-14 most likely, going into Thanksgiving Day. Listen, you know, a little bit of a marker, you know, down. I thought the Knicks would have at least three or four more wins at this point in the season. Maybe that's a little uh, maybe that's a little high. Um, I expected the Knicks to be around probably, oh, you know what, maybe not eight and six. Probably six and eight. So maybe two more wins, something like that. Um not six and eight, six and uh, eleven around this point in the season, right around where the Pistons are. Although they're ninth, that's how bad the bottom of the East is uh, this year. That, that that's you know right now the playoffs, the eighth seed is the Orlando Magic. They're four games under five hundred. The Knicks are only two and a half back of a playoff spot. I know it's really early in the season still, but you know they're a decent chunk of the season. Almost twenty games are gone now, and somehow the Knicks are only two and a half. It just shows you how bad the East is, but. You know, the, the Knicks, the, the big thing is the Knicks have not won a division game this year. They've had three really good chances to win, two against the Nets and one against the Celtics. They lost all three. Actually, you could throw in the Sixers game, too. Four of those five, they had a really good chance to win. 
you could argue all five, but the, really those four, a huge chance to win the games. They didn't get it done. And that's the problem with this team right now. They're not finishing games strong. And as cliche as this sounds, they're not putting four good quarters of basketball together night in and night out. And that's why they're losing games. I mean, you could just pick apart a quarter. And that's costing the Knicks. They keep digging themselves too big of a hole, like the Nets game. Too big of a hole in the first half. Or actually, that was the Spurs game. Too big of a hole in the first half. And then they're expected to come back. They did come back. But if they played half decent in that first quarter, the Knicks probably win the game. So it's 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 not as difficult as we're making it out to be. But also, it takes time to get to that point. So it, it's funny because... This will be my last point before we dive into the questions. It's funny because with the Knicks as a team, Knicks fans get impatient sometimes. Not a lot, but most of you do with the way the team is playing. You know, why aren't they winning more games? But you're willing to be patient with Frank Nilakina because he gives you a couple of really good games. And then we'll be mediocre another night. It's just like the Knicks. It's going to take time. But it's also... You know, Frank Nilekina is expendable. The Knicks as a team are not expendable. So it, it, it's it's you got to think of it in the bigger context. I know that might be t- tough to 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 come to terms with at times, and I, I don't blame you for for doing that. But at some point, at some point, you've got to realize that Frank Nilekina is probably not the long term answer for the Knicks. If you're gonna win championships, at some point. God willing, it's not him. Because point guards in this league also can score the basketball. Frank Nilakina can't do that well on a consistent basis. It takes him 11 shots in a game to get to 8 points. That's a problem. So it's one of those things where you're not efficient enough in your own scoring... You're not consistent enough on either side of the ball, night in and night out. And again, you can throw the young thing at me all the time. How many young guards get let go every year? What makes Frank Nilakina special from those guys? I that's that's where I'm coming from. Young guys like Frank Nilakina get kicked to the curb in the NBA all the time. What makes him any different than any of those guys? And that's going to end my, my serious Nick take because it's just one of those things. I can't say much more about it than what's already been said. And listen, you know, you're going to be happy with Frank now, but what about when it comes to December or January and he has a two-week stretch where he's just absolutely terrible? Then what are you going to say? Give him more time. Well, how much time do you want? There's two other guards that are going to be pushing him for, his, for that starting job. Dennis Smith Jr. is already trying to win it back from him right now. And if Alfred Payton ever gets healthy, in my opinion, I thought he was the best point guard coming into this season. And by the way, got the starting job ahead of Frank Nilakina. The coaching staff saw a little bit extra out of him on the offensive end. Remember, that's primarily what a point guard is supposed to do. Create chances on the offensive end. So it's, it's a t- I get it. It's tough. It's a tough nut to crack. But at some point, you got to come to terms with it's pro- probably Frank Nilakin is not the long-term answer for the Knicks. So it's tough. It's tough. And I understand why. Listen, I get why you guys are defending Frank Nilakina and dying on that hill. I get it. Something you got to hold on to at some point is a good point guard. I just don't know 
if going forward he's the answer. And I'm going to get, well, he's a Nick hater, or not a Nick hater, he's a Frank hater and this and that, and, you know, he just doesn't like Frank and all this. That's, come on. Come on. You can't, that's not a hill to die on. You're not looking at the numbers. You're not watching him play enough. Come on. Give me a break. All right. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. The Knicks are playing teams tough, man. They're playing teams tough. They're fighting to the end. They're, they're showing, they're making us at least willing to watch. You know, we're able to watch the Knicks this year for the first 17, 18 games. We're able to pull for them. They're giving us some hope. And, and like I've, you know, the last thing I'll say, I keep saying it, and I, I hate that I keep saying it because we keep coming back to this. They just can't finish games off. They're not putting enough W's in the record, in the book. They got to keep, they, that's, that's going to be where we really start to see the, the progress, the progress we were hoping for, progress. The progress we were hoping for, that's where it's going to show up. That's the bottom line. And to be honest with you, I'd have a different tune about Nilakina probably if we were winning more games. I'll give you that. But we're not. We're not winning more games. And I'm not saying we would with Peyton or Dennis Smith. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. There's not much of a gap between those three guys. And that's why I'm saying long term, he's not the guy. I don't think any of these three guys are, to be honest with you. But for right now, Nilakina is the best player at that position we have. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I've conceded that a couple of times, but at some point, I don't think he's going to be. You're going to have to come to that realization at some point. At some point, Frank Nilakina will no longer be a Nick, and you will need to be looking for a different point guard. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he's the guy, but I just don't see it. I don't see it. All right, I'm going to take my break right here. When we come back. We're answering all your questions. And this might take a while, but it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of good questions to get to. Again, hope you're enjoying your Thanksgiving Day weekend. Your questions are coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Oh, yeah. All right. I am ready. Let's do it. All right. Let's dive in. I am on Twitter. I am on Facebook. I'm on my phone. Some people sent me some DMs. And I'm also on postingandtoasting.com. The questions, by the way, are still coming in as I'm recording the podcast. I keep refreshing the page. More questions are coming in. So I'm trying to get, I'm going to try to get to as many of these as I can in the time allotted. So give me, we'll, we'll have some time here. We'll have some time to go through and get to all your questions. And then we will. Uh, wrap up the show and you can get back to eating your delicious Thanksgiving day, uh, Thanksgiving leftovers at this point and enjoying the rest of your Thanksgiving day weekend. So I'm excited. This is good stuff. You guys send in some good questions. You guys really put some thought into it and I'm excited to get to a lot of your questions. So let's start out with this one. First one right off the top from the comments section. This is a tough one, uh, to be honest. It's a quick question but it's a tough one. Who is your favorite and least favorite Nick and why? That's a tough question because it wasn't specified if we're talking all time or if we're talking now. Right now, I think my favorite Nick has to be RJ Barrett. 
Uh, that's probably the easy answer. Um, I think the kid's a stud. I think the kid's got a great demeanor. I think the kid's going to be a star uh, in this league one day, and I think the Knicks are lucky to have him. Um, my least favorite player on the Knicks right now probably is uh, a little off the beaten path. Maybe not too far off the beaten path. Frank Nilakina. It's not Frank Nilakina for all those that are that are mouthing that at home. Uh, it's Taj Gibson for me. It just shows us where the Knicks are at right now. The fact that Taj Gibson's even on the roster is it pains me to be honest with you. Uh, that was the signing during the offseason where I literally put my head in my hands and I was like, this is where we're really at, isn't it? We're we're signing Joe Kim Noah 2.0 in uh, Taj Gibson. At least Taj Gibson's playing. Ta- Joe Kim Noah is probably my least favorite Nick of all time. Uh, maybe it's because it's still pretty fresh in my memory. Um, just I, I just don't. Oh, he was just it. When we signed him, was like, man, he's you know he's a New Yorker, but it was also you know, the plantar fasciitis and all. That. I was just like, oh, this is not going to work out in the end, is it? And it couldn't have been worse. It was an awful contract, one of the worst contracts, maybe in, in maybe in New York sports history. In New York sports history, that contract awful. Uh, so he's up there for me. I can't think of everybody uh, right now, but he he he's up there. Uh, Joe Kim Noah, two my two favorite Knicks of all time. I normally come back to these guys. Um, I normally come back to these guys uh, no matter where I am in Knicks history. Uh, and it's Patrick Ewing. I uh, didn't get to watch a lot of him. I grew up at the end of his time as a Nick uh, when he was injured a lot. But looking back, I mean, those were those were the best times uh, in the last you know three decades to be a Knicks fan. Uh, just just looking back, that he he's up there for me. And, and Allen Houston is another one uh, that I always look back on. He was one. He was probably when I went when I first really started looking at the Knicks when I was really young. He was he was kind of the star of the team, or one of the stars of that team. And you know the '99 Finals, the you know the the 2000 season, even his shot to beat the Heat at the buzzer in that in that playoff series way back when, and uh, he, the fact that he's still around with the Knicks now with the Westchester Knicks at times, and now he's starting to move up and and things like that. If I have that right, I mean. He, he's a, a Nick lifer and, and, and he's, you know, y- you can never go wrong having a guy like Allen Houston on your team. So I, I look back to those two guys because, you know, honestly, you know, more, more recently, besides, you know, a guy like Carmelo, uh, we haven't had a lot of good Knicks on this team. So uh, I, I kind of, we kind of have to go back a little bit to those, you know, late nineties, early two thousands Knicks. And, uh, you know, I put those guys up there. You know, honorable mention is probably Nate Robinson uh, just because of the dunk contest wins and those crazy shots he'd hit and blocking Yao Ming and and all that kind of stuff. So he's an honorable mention, but it's tough not to go with a couple of, of Nick Lifers in, in Patrick and, uh, and Alan Houston. So I'm going to lean towards uh, those guys. Uh, first Thanksgiving-themed question. I, I was a little disappointed. I didn't get a ton of these, but the ones we got were really good. Uh, which Nick are you inviting over for Thanksgiving? This is a great question. Um, again, I don't know if it's, you know, I, I'll give you one current Nick and one former Nick. Um, I'd love to have Latrell Sprewell over uh, for Thanksgiving. I don't know if the family would love that because uh, he's a bit controversial. That's probably him calling me up now wondering what our Thanksgiving Day plans are. But I I, I think I'd, I'd go with Latrell Sprewell Um Oh boy, that, that's somebody, that's a friend of mine calling up, actually asking a question. So I'll, I'll see if I can get to his 
as well. I told him to call in at some point. He t- of course, he calls in while I'm recording the show. Um, I, I, I think, you know, just because I've, I've been around Latrell a little bit uh, with my time working uh, with different production jobs on the side and stuff like that, and I've seen him up close doing interviews now and things like that, he seems like he'd be a lot of fun to catch up with about those those days with the Knicks. I think he's a good storyteller too. I think I think he'd be a lot of fun. David Lee is another is another one I'd think about uh, inviting over as well. Current Knicks, um, it's tough. I I maybe Marcus Morris. I, I feel like he'd be he'd be you know he'd be fun to hang out with. I would think. But it would also just be like simply comes over. He'll bring a couple things. He'll bring some dessert. He'll bring his brother. You get a couple. You get Markeith and Marcus, two for the price of one. And I think that'd be solid. I, I think I'd feel good about that. Uh, you get two NBA players coming over for Thanksgiving Day dinner. One's not a Nick, so maybe I'm cheating a little bit there. But I think Marcus Morris would be fun to bring over for Thanksgiving. Not, not too much drama. He was going to give you what he's going to give you. He's going to be fun. He'll get along with everybody. Um, and, you know, he'll... He'll impress. He'll be an impressive guest to bring in. And so, and everyone will be like, wow, you know, Sean's friend Marcus is pretty cool. You know, that, that was a good guest. Good, good job bringing him over. He brought some really good uh, desserts too. Like that, that's kind of what I'm looking for there. And I, and I think that he'd be up there. But yeah, former Knicks, I think I'd go Latrell, David Lee's, what, Charles Oakley's another. I, I think I'd invite Charles Oakley. Oak, Oak would be fun at, uh, at Thanksgiving Day dinner as well i I think he would uh he there's been a couple msg networks has done a couple of things with him where he's you know making food and eating food i think somebody even mentioned that in the comments um i don't know if they were joking about it or not that's actually true he's actually done a lot of that stuff he'd be fun to to maybe cook something with so oak's another one but uh those three guys any any of those three guys uh would be would be very very good uh to have over as a thanksgiving um guest i think they'd be i think they'd be all phenomenal uh to bring over uh next question um so i'm not reading out your names i'm kind of there's there's a lot of these so i'm just kind of trying to zip through these as, as quickly as i can because we don't have a ton of time to get to everybody's question. I'm trying to get to as many as i can um who should be the next coach of the knicks uh and can we have a new coach for a posting and toasting thanksgiving the answer is no uh there's not going to be a new coach <laughs> Uh, it's not like, you know, you're, no, one, no one's sitting on anybody's lap and, and telling them what they want for Christmas here. Um, listen, the serious answer is the Knicks are, are sticking to the plan, which is what we want. They want, you know, for right now, David Fisdale's the guy. Listen, in a perfect world, if I could pick any coach to come in and coach the Knicks, I don't think that's what this question is, but it would be Greg Popovich. He'd never do it. He's, an, he's, not, he's a smart man. You know what I mean? Steve Kerr would be another option, but they're not going to leave their spot. Listen, I talked about this a couple of shows ago. I think Mark Jackson, if he'd ever do it, would be a godsend, I think, for the Knicks. I think he could take the Knicks to that next level when David Fisdale's time here is done. You know, if, if I'll say that I've said this before, I'm pretty sure. If David Fisdale, by the end of the season, doesn't do a good enough job, but the players are developing, you get rid of them, that's fine. And then if Mark Jackson's the next coach, we're talking here. But if it's David Blatt, because he played at Princeton with was is it steve mills i think i think they played at princeton together whatever it is it doesn't matter perry or mills doesn't matter i don't want david blatt i mean are you joking me i'm reading articles like david blatt's like like, no what are you joking come on now not we don't want david blatt 
it, it, we're trying to take a step up here. And I think Mark Jackson is probably the perfect fit. Former Nick, New Yorker, Queens, New York. This is a guy, you know, the, the guy that, you know, laid the foundation for those warrior teams with Steph and Draymond and Clay and Andre Iguodala. Yeah, the, that's the kind of pedigree I think that the Knicks should be looking for. But what do I know? Is Knox at the two leading, contri- leading indicator of clinical insanity? Um, there's probably other moves that have been weirder that the Knicks have made. This year. Listen, Kevin Knox has got to step up. I mean, there's been times where I've been thrilled with the way he's played, and then there's been other times um, where he's been terrible. Like the last couple, he's just been terrible, hasn't played a lot, but he's also just not done anything. It's a combination. Not getting enough playing time at times, but also you know, not being able to to make a, make enough of an impact to be a starter in the lineup again he's young too he's young he's a high draft pick a relatively high draft pick uh i i don't know it's tough man it's tough he he's 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 been disappointing at times he has he's been bright as well but that's been the story of this nick team bright at times and just not good enough at other times so you know he's 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 one that's got to come around ah our first frank nilakina question of this q a all right why didn't you appreciate the Franklin Lakina flashes showed in the past, knowing he was drafted as a project with elite defense? Or put it another way, why wasn't his elite defense worth your patience as a fan, knowing he was a project from the beginning? You're just asking the same question twice. Second gaslighting question, would you too suggest refusing to pick up Knox's option next season if he continues to play as poorly as he has, knowing he was a project with not a Kevin Knox is not a project. I'm going to stop that right there. Not a project. They did not draft Kevin Knox and say, yeah, this guy is going to be a project. He's a young guy. RJ Barrett, by the way, is a young guy. Is he a project? They're both 19 years old playing at elite college schools that are legit players. There's no projects there. Frank Nilakina is a project. Hasn't played against any big competition. Played in a, in a second-rate league in Europe. Was even younger than those guys are when the Knicks were looking at him. So like, don't, throw, don't keep throwing the project thing around because you hear all the suits say it or because you hear all, the, all the, the Brian Windhorsts of the world keep saying the word project, project, project. Not everybody's a project. Kevin Knox is not a project. R.J. Barrett's not a project. These guys are studs. Frank Nilakina is a project. It's because he where he, it's where he came from. It's because of the lack of skill set he had at times, especially on the offensive end of the floor, scoring the basketball, which is by the way still a project. Like that, that you can't throw the name, you can't throw the label project on everybody and get away with it. That's not how it works. Would I pick up the option on Kevin Knox? Bleep, yeah, I would, because that kid's got a lot of potential. I don't know if Frank Nilakina's ceiling is anywhere near the potential ceiling of Kevin Knox. And that's because I've seen the kid play in college a ton. And because you see more flashes, especially on the offensive end of the floor, than with Frank Nilakina. That's the bottom line. Now, Frank Nilakina's defense is way ahead of Kevin Knox's. But again, they're two different players. It's two different positions. I would, I mean, Kevin Knox, I, I think, could be a stud in this league. I don't know if Frank Nilakina is the option now. When I say this, if you can get better options for both of those positions, you do it. You do it. 
So I'll say that they're, they're expendable players. That's for sure. RJ Barrett is the only one that's not expendable. Uh, or rather that, uh, yeah, that's not expendable on this team. In my opinion, that kid is going to rip up the league at some point, And he better be a Nick when he does it. Frank Nilakina and Kevin Knox, in my opinion, are expendable. They are short-term players right now. I think Kevin Knox has a better chance, though, of improving into a long-term NBA player than Frank Nilakina does. That's my two cents. You can disagree with it all you want. That's my opinion. Um, I did appreciate the Frank Nilakina flashes, by the way. I keep saying that on this show. Apparently, everybody ignores that and then just goes to the negative things that I say. But you know what? That's that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. Uh, it's one of those things. And by the way, by the way, by the way, to the people that are answering these questions for me in the comments, come on, what what are we doing here? Let me answer on behalf of SSJ. Let me let me tell you. Sean's already said this on the show. Let me tell you what what he really thinks. You don't know what I'm thinking because you're just taking a little bite of what I say and then you're expanding on it in two paragraphs. That doesn't mean that's what I said. That's what you think I said. So come on. Come on, Leroy Smith, come on. What are we doing here? Let me answer on behalf of SSJ. And then he says, you know, it's because people this day are checking stats first and then compare it to the eye test. If the eye test doesn't match the stats, then it's not valid. Uh Uh-uh, nice try, Leroy. No, not how it works. Not how it works. this This is not an answer key. When you're looking at the eye test and saying, hmm, that looks like 9.6 rebounds, 4 assists. Let me check. Does that... Oh, it's only 7 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. Not good enough. No! You look at the stats. How did he do? You look at the eye test. It doesn't always match up. But that doesn't mean he had a good or bad game because one doesn't match the other. This is not a game of tic-tac-toe. This is not a game of connect the dots here. We're not. We're not just... If it doesn't match up, oh, well, oh, you know what? Didn't have a good game. No. Most of the time, you can tell already. You're, you're, you're following both along at the same time. Like, what, what? I don't even know what that means. And yet, yet I said that. Let me answer for SSJ. Come on, guys. Come on. All right, let me move a little bit further down. Uh, oh, this is a good one. From David underscore self-hating Knicks fan. We talked about the negatives ad nauseum. What are some of the positives so far from this Knicks young season? And people are answering the uh, the questions for me here. However, uh, John Echo, I think if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, nails a couple of these, which I'm going to dive into. I'm going to give him a shout out for that. Uh, RJ Barrett has been the biggest bright spot. There's no doubt about that. Um, that's obvious. Uh, we, we all know that. I'm not going to go too crazy into that. It's all well, we're all well, well aware. We're well aware how good that kid is. He's going to be a stud in this league, I think. And as long as he's wearing a Nick uniform, I'm going to be very happy to uh, keep keep on rooting for R.J. Barrett uh, for the long haul. Marcus Morris, I think, is another one. I, I think I think many thought that, including myself, that Julius Randle would be the leading scorer on this team. Marcus Morris has been phenomenal. He really has. The, the, the two games that people were ripping on with him early in the season when he was playing with an injury, it's the NBA. People play with injuries. He played through it. Here he is. He's put up 20 a night, 25 a night, 30 sometimes. Making clutch shots. The, the dude can play basketball. And if, in my opinion, if he finishes the season as the team's leading scorer and plays enough games, obviously, as well, that's a guy you keep going into next season and maybe the long term when you're, when you're building this team because you need guys who can score. There's not enough on this Knicks team 
you got to keep guys like that around if he's willing to stay. So that those are kind of those are the kind of things you look for when you bring in these veteran guys as well. Um, Mitchell Robinson again has been a huge, huge, huge. I can't say it enough. Huge improvement on the defensive end. He keeps getting better there. I, I it's amazing because of how good he was last year. He keeps getting better on that end. It just we we're not seeing it yet on the offensive end, but man, there's just a couple of times where he makes plays where you're just thinking, oh, if he could just figure that out, this kid's gonna be a stud. He's gonna be unbelievably good. He's he's fun to watch even when he struggles on the court because you just never know what he's gonna do uh, on the court. Um, I'll throw I'll throw a couple more out there. Um, obviously, the improvement from Frank Nilakina has been, been been great at times. But again, you know, long term, I still don't think he's the right option. We'll see how long he can keep it up for. But again, I, I, I'm with you because I, again, I'm just I'm just telling you, I'm getting you ready for the long haul problems with with Frank Nilakina. At some point, the Knicks are not going to keep him around, and that and that's just because he's not going to reach that ceiling that you guys think he can reach. I, I, that's the problem. But I I I understand why you guys are excited. He's been playing really well. And for now, that's a bright spot. It really is. I, I just, again, I keep getting asked this question. Long-term, do you think he's the option? I don't think he is. And I don't feel like I'm the only one in that bracket saying that. So, you know, p- pigeonholing me as the, you know, oh, we already know what he's going to say about Frank, and he's the only one that says it. Come on, give me a break. So it's, it's one of those things where right now he's a bright spot. There's no question about that. Now the, the the only one one other that was popping up in the comments was was the hope around Iggy Brasdakis. There's hope there, but but I haven't seen a ton from him yet. Where where I go, where I'm impressed, you know that kind of a thing. It's not he hasn't really gotten a, enough of a chance in my opinion, and I and I think that that's you know you know he's he's a two way guy. He's been up and down between Westchester a lot this year. Just hasn't gotten a chance. I'm hoping that he can be a guy that really steps up for the Knicks. I, I really do. He's a scorer. That kid can put the ball in the hole, and it's one of those things where Knicks, the Knicks need that. He's a guy that's got to be that guy at some point. You're hoping, you know, again, he's a second-round pick, but it's one of those things where if he works out, he could be a really good NBA player. He just needs some time, I think. Um, next question comes from Disappointment. Uh, that's a rough name to have, I must say, in the comments. Uh, why don't you participate in the comments section yet ask for our comments uh, to <laughs> help out? Uh, it's a good question. To be fair, I'm, I'm I'm honestly I was a little disappointed <laughs> to hear that um, because of this simple point. Um, you know, you guys comment whether I I'm in there or not. So that's part one. Part two, I, I don't have time. I you know to be honest, I'm not saying I don't have time for you guys and and stuff like that. If I did, I'd be all up in the comments section talking with you guys, and, and that's a promise. If I had time, I'd do it. But as soon as I post this podcast, I am out of here. I, I, you know, we, we got stuff going on, uh, or, you know, for for family the next couple of days, like, or I've work. Like, I, this is this is you know not the only job I do. So it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I'm just not, you know, if, if I was able to fit it in, I would fit it in. I don't always have time to to, to throw my two cents. In. Now I did I did comment not because I read this comment, but I did comment on this post thanking you guys for the questions. But I also understand that you guys want me to interact and, and talk more and things like that. And I try to, that's why I try to answer your questions on the show 
so I have time to interact with you guys here. And that, that's what I try to do to make up for the fact that I don't have time to, to respond to all your comments in the comments section or on Twitter and even you know DMs on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. If you guys do that, I normally don't have time to answer them. And I'm sorry for that. I'm not trying to ignore you guys or, or anything like that, but I, I, I don't always have time uh, to do that because I'm, you know, I'm moving in and out. I'm, I'm traveling a lot lately up and down the East Coast calling games and, and doing other work and, and things like that. So especially now college basketball season, I'm also doing two other podcasts. One is another college basketball podcast. So it's tough to fit that stuff in. Uh, I'll, if, you know, if it means that much to you, I'll try my best uh, when I have some time, if I ever get time uh, to throw a couple of responses your guys way. But I try to save that for these kind of things so I can interact with you guys on Twitter and in the comments on postingandtoasting.com, Facebook, or however you guys have reached out to me. Uh, to do this uh, Q&A. Uh, the next two are really good ones. Uh, assuming we stay on course with wins and losses, who do we trade mid-season? Uh, this is from Ben Hawaii. Uh, I've got this partial conspiracy theory that Fizz in the front office never wanted KD or Kyrie. Thank goodness. And then I think that's referring to Kyrie. And new, even with star power, we'd need a few years to develop. So they signed all these tradable pieces and look to tank again this and possibly next year to get a young group of talented players that's cost controlled, also like an MLB style rebuild. So my query is who gets traded from uh, for what midseason and which of our guys goes where for what? That's a loaded question. There's a lot there. Uh, I like where your head's at. Uh, I don't know if there's a conspiracy theory. I think the Knicks thought they were going to get Kyrie and KD, and I don't think they would pass that up if they had the chance to do it. Um, I think that's going a little too far uh, with the conspiracy theory, although I like I like the, the positive spin you've thrown on it there. The rest of that is the plan. That's the, the rest of that is the plan with the contingency that it leads to other star free agents coming to New York. I mean, that's the plan. So I can't add too much onto that. Uh, as far as who's going to get get traded for what midseason... You're right in the fact that that will depend on how well Coach Fisdale is doing, if he's still the coach, how many wins and losses they have. It's a tough one, man. It's a tough one because, you know, you look at you look on the roster, and there's some tradable pieces on the roster now, but what are you going to get? You know, who's got draft picks? You know, are you going to be trading it to teams that are one piece away? I don't know if any of these guys are that one piece. Or are you trading it for to, a, to another bad team for picks? Are there anybody, is there anybody on this team that's worth a first or a second round pick besides a guy like RJ Barrett or even a Kevin Knox that you want to keep? And remember, these are all short-term contracts. So yes, they'll be easier to move, but they're also going to be less like less amount of teams that will be wanting these contracts. Because if you wouldn't give them a long-term contract, why would they take them off your hands for draft picks? That's kind of where I think, that's my thought process on it. Listen, I think Dennis Smith Jr. is an option. Um, maybe, maybe Alonzo Trier, maybe if you get enough for him, Kevin Knox, although I love Kevin Knox, but if you get a first round pick for Kevin Knox, you would think about it. I'd, I'd want more than that, to be honest, but that's me. You would, you might be going nuts about that right now. I think you keep Kevin Knox. I think you might even keep Alonzo Trier. Dennis Smith Jr. is an option. Somebody threw in Julius Randle in the comments. I don't know about that. He's on a three-year deal. I don't know if anybody would take him uh, with the way he's playing right now. If he was scoring 30 points a game, maybe you'd think about it. 
Um, and I don't think anybody would take Marcus Morris for what we for what Knicks fans would want. You know, for what you know, first and second round picks. I don't know if you get a lot for any of those guys. So it's you know, as sad as that is to say, it's a great question. It's a great question. Something the Knicks will will have to, if they're smart, have to look at at some point this season. I, I can't give you a ton of options here, scenarios, because I don't I don't know who would take what. It's tough to tell in the NBA. You never know who would take what, but it, it's a tough. Yeah, that's a tough one because you don't know who's going to what they're willing to give for what you have. And, and the Knicks have a little bit more, certainly, that they had last year to play around with. And, and, and again, it's, they're movable because of the short-term contracts for most of these guys. But I don't think you're going to get what you want from a lot of these teams, especially these other tanking teams that might have the picks you want. I don't think they'd be willing to give them up for Julius Randle or you know, Marcus Morris or Kevin Knox. or you know, they, They'd give them up for R.J. Barrett, but you want R.J. Barrett. So they, like those are... I don't think you'd be able to put enough... You know, uh, enough lure on the hook to reel any of these guys in or any of these picks in for what you're thinking. Um, I don't know if this is a joke question or not. I got a lot of recommendations um, on in the comments section. It's from uh, Mogaba. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, well, I want to know what you think about hot dogs and who the bleep are you really? Um, I don't know if that's a joke or you're just being a little nasty. Uh, you're not getting into the holiday spirit. Um, again, the hot dogs thing, I hope isn't a joke. Cause I like hot dogs a lot. Uh, I can't eat a lot of them. Try, you try to eat, I try to eat as healthy as possible. Uh, and things like that, like anybody else, not always great at it, to be honest with you, but you try it, you try your best to, to make a decent diet and put together some good meals each day and get some exercise in and, and stuff like that. Um, I like hot dogs. I try to get, you know, anytime I go to a baseball game, hot dog is my go-to uh, with, with some fries, um, you know, something, something like that. Maybe a cheesesteak. Uh, if you're talking ballpark food, uh, I like hot dogs. Yeah. And who am I? Uh, I'm the guy that's answering your question on a Knicks podcast that you listen to and, uh, it's cool. Yeah. Um, hope you're enjoying your Thanksgiving day, bro. Mogaba. Hope it's, hope it's going all right for you. Uh, I'm going to answer this next question. Um, it's another Frank question. Jeez, you guys are really hammering me on this Frank stuff. Let's see if this will be different. Uh, do you think Frank would be better, different, or the same if he had played two years of NCAA basketball and come into the league now as a rookie? Um, there's a little comment. I think that, that that's just a general SB Nation thing uh, underneath it, I think. Let me think about this. Uh, my answer is probably... Well, who's his coach? <laughs> who's Frank Nilakina's coach in college is probably going to dictate. I'll say this. Frank Nilakina is probably a four-year player in college basketball. That's probably the answer to your question. He's not going to be a two-year and then think about... He'll think about going to the NBA a couple of times while he's in college, but he's probably a program kid that stays for all four years. That's, that's probably my thought on Frank Nilakina as far as a college player. So it's it's one of those things where he would he would probably be a second round pick if a pick at all if he had come out of college uh but because he had these crazy tapes in uh yeah that, that everyone was that Frank that Phil Jackson was falling in love with over in France or wherever he was playing uh that's why they they took him that high. So um, that's, that's basically the answer to that question. And by the way, uh, you know, for all the people that are ripping me 
there's plenty of people that are also agreeing with me uh, on this. So it's it's it goes back and forth, but it's it's one of those things where I don't I don't mind talking about it, but a lot of people are, are really defending Frank to the death here. And if you want to die on that hill, uh, be my guest. Um, let's see what else we got here. There's a couple of good questions that I wanted to get to. Oh my God! Every time I'm refreshing the page, more and more questions are coming in. I'm trying my best here to keep up with all of these questions. New comments are coming in. New questions. All right, let me keep scrolling down a little bit. Let me get to some of the good ones here. Uh, I got a couple good ones saved for the end that didn't come from the comments section that I'm looking forward to answering as well. All right, we just talked about hot dogs for some reason, and then more Frank Nilakina stuff. Um. Yeah, that, yeah, we already answered that question. Oh, this one is what I want to address again. What is an what's an SSJ, and why do I feel used again? This super this super saying stuff. Why do I you guys you guys tell me why does this keep coming up? I don't know what that is. I've never been. I'm told it's Dragon Ball Z. I don't know what that is. All right, I know what it is. I never watched it, so I don't. What I don't know what SS does SSJ stand for? That I have no idea. Uh, if it does, uh, that's that's my it's my initials. Look at the top of the article. That that's my Saint Jacques is my last name. Sean's my first name. S S J. Done. Boom. Done. Bang. Uh. Done. Dream machine. Bang. Question. Done. All right. Next. Uh, as hard as this. Oh, this is just a comment. As hard as this season has been so far, Baby Yoda. Ah, uh, makes me smile. Provides me. Provides me the solace that I need. Ah. Uh, you know what? Me too. Me too. You know what? Aja Deman. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Baby Yoda. Listen, you want to talk about things that'll just make you smile. Baby Yoda will do it every time. And I got to tell you, big fan. Surprised I didn't get any more recommendations uh, for sure. Um, Let's see what else we got. Oh, a couple of people responded to my comment, uh, saying that I love the questions. Appreciate you guys. Oh, a couple of couple of Turkey Day uh, shout outs from you guys. Appreciate that. Appreciate that a lot. All right, couple more, couple more here. Uh, question: Do our blog posters need a drink? The amount of anger uh, the last couple of days, unfortunate, takes away from the fun participating. Oh, this guy already asked, asked a question. So I guess he, two days in a row, I, this post has been up for about a day and a half. So this guy asked a question yesterday and, the, and a question today as I'm recording the show. Don't ask me. I don't post um, any of the blog stuff. That's for some of the other guys. Uh, I just post the podcast. Uh, I don't. I'm good. I'm good. Obviously, I'm not thrilled with the way the Knicks are playing. But other than that, um, I'm pretty good. So appreciate your concern. Um, let's see. All right. The other ones are kind of lame questions. So I think we're going to stop with the with the posting and toasting comments there. Uh, you guys, fantastic job. Fantastic job. A lot of good questions there. I got a couple more that came off, uh, that came away from that. Um, and I'm going to finish up with the Turkey Day spread uh, and naming the Knicks after Turkey uh, Turkey Day dishes. Uh, good, qu- Best question I got off of Twitter. There weren't a ton off of Twitter, but I got a couple of good ones off of Twitter specifically by the way if i missed your question and your question came in after uh i i recorded the podcast i'm so sorry uh i just the the, the way the the way the timing uh the way the timing worked out i it, it was basically the way i had to do it so so i apologize um 
I apologize for not getting all your questions is what I'm basically trying to say here. Um, all right, let me get to, let me just get to this one good question that I got off of Twitter. And I want to, the reason I'm taking a little while, is I just want to make sure I get the guy's name right. I couldn't uh, remember who sent it in. I remember the question, but I don't remember exactly who sent it in. Just give me two seconds. Here we go. The question comes from Jim Curtis at Tiger Kids 6. Hey, Sean, we know how you've got the college basketball background. Who are some potential lotto picks that you have your eye on this season that could be good fits with the Knicks, specifically alongside R.J. Barrett? Great question. A phenomenal question. Listen, um, I got my eye on a few guys. Um, Every time I watch college basketball these days, I I have a couple of guys that I look at and I'm just like, oh, if only that guy was a Nick. And there's a couple of guys that I look at right off the top. One of them, I'm shocked, is is not like much higher on on a lot of big boards. Um, Vernon Carey Jr. from Duke. Uh, kid is a stud. I've seen him twice live already this season. He's played at the Garden twice already this season for those that live around that area. Six foot ten center. Kid's got a bag of tricks on the offensive end. He can shoot the three, shoot the mid range. Is a beast on the post. The the kid can just flat out play on either end of the floor. He he's, he's a physical player. He just he overpowers guys. That's what he does. He's an overpowering player. Really quick, agile for his for his size and his strength. He's got that quickness. And I got to tell you, he's so so good with the ball in his hands and, and good movement off the ball as well. So I look at him. He's really far down. A kid out of Duke, if you get a chance to watch him this year, that kid can play, man. I I, I am really impressed with that kid. Uh, he was, he's the first one on my list, at least. Although I, I'm looking, I was looking around the other day. How is he like not in the top? Some people have got him outside the top 10. That's ridiculous. Uh, in my opinion, that kid is an, he's a top 10 pick. I don't know why people have him so low. It's unbelievable to me. But but that kid, Vernon Carey Jr., uh, is one of the first guys for me. Uh, obviously, James Wiseman, if the Knicks get the number one pick, he's a center. Everyone's drooling over this kid. Um, I haven't seen enough from him yet where I get excited about him being a Nick. Um, but he's obviously exciting. He's an exciting player. And certainly one to keep an eye on. For me, if I'm the Knicks, and you're not going to like this, because it's another, it's a little bit of a shot at Nilakina again. But if I'm the Knicks, and you get the first pick, I'm taking Cole Anthony out of North Carolina. And yeah, you guessed it. He's a point guard. Uh, the kid is a stud. The kid has got incredible vision. He's way more athletic than anybody the Knicks have at that position. He is a really good passer. He can shoot the rock. Cole Anthony is probably, like, if I had to choose somebody for the Knicks to have next season, I'd probably go Vernon Carey Jr. or Cole Anthony because the Knicks need a point guard. The kid's 19. He's a 2,000 baby, I found out the other day. Oh, that's a gut punch, man. But anyway, that's where it's, you know, we get older. It's how it works. But Cole Anthony, I I, I think, would be a great fit with the New York Knicks. If they could somehow get him, you look at his stats for this season, and this kid's, remember, this kid's a point guard, a freshman point guard. By the way, he's a New York native as well. He's averaging over 22 points per game, 
eight rebounds, and four and a half assists. This kid's a point guard. The dude, the dude's a beast. The dude is a beast, and I think if the Knicks could get him, uh, we'd be in phenomenal shape. The kid just played Elon with North Carolina the other day, had almost a triple-double, nine points, eight assists, ten rebounds. And that, that you know, Notre Dame, he had 34 earlier this season. They play Alabama. If you have a chance, they're playing in the battle for Atlantis this weekend. Watch North Carolina play because Cole Anthony is legit. There's a reason that Carolina is top five in the country or wherever they are. I think they're sixth in the country right now. There's a reason they're that high. Cole Anthony's the reason. Uh, let me throw out a couple more uh, that I like. Um, I like Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. Um, the problem with him is I he's an athlete, man. He's like he's he's kind of like a mini Zion on the floor, except he's a better ball handler and, and he's and because he's a guard, he's a better shooter than Zion. But he's got that he's got a smaller but similar build. He's just a beast. But I just I worry about his defense a little bit. I don't know if he's a good enough defender yet. And he's playing at Georgia, which with not a lot of good guys around him. So I don't know how much better he's going to get this year under Tom Crane, although Tom Crane's a really good coach. But Anthony Edwards could be an option there too if the Knicks don't get the number one pick uh, this season. Anthony Edwards is a guy as well. And, and just a, just one or two more that I like a little bit further down, um, maybe a little bit further down the board. I like Dukes Wendell more. Uh, I don't think he'd be in the, in, the, in the Knicks range. He's probably a little bit further down. Uh, Trey Jones is another, but he can't shoot the rock very well. Precious Achua from Memphis. The kid that's kind of has to take the reins right now that James Wiseman's ineligible for the next 10 games. Precious Achua is another local kid, I believe, at least from this. Uh, let me actually, let me double check that before I run my mouth here. He's a power forward out of Memphis. He almost went to, to my school, uh, Seton Hall. Kid's a really good player. Um, and I got to tell you, I think he's a little underrated. The, the draft, a lot of the draft, uh, stuff I looked at today and yesterday when I got this question, uh, they've got him like in the twenties. I think that's a little low. And I think if precious Achua plays, like I think he's going to play this year, he will not be, he'll be a top, he'll be a top 15 pick. I, I think that there's no question about that. So I, I, I think that he's one to watch. I know the Nick, you know, I'm already, you know, Knicks have a lot of, he's from Queens. There you go. He's from Queens, New York. He's a guy to watch because he can do it all on the court. And if you don't like Julius Randle, you might like Precious Achua. So I I think that's kind of where I'm at in that conversation. All right. That was a good question as well. Let's get to the final point here. And this is from Sam, friend of the show, a buddy of mine who hit me up on Facebook, sent this one in. You're making a Thanksgiving Day feast. Traditional, he said, traditional Thanksgiving Day feast. Which Nick matches up with which Thanksgiving Day food item. So basically, we're making a Thanksgiving Day feast. Where are the Knicks players fitting in and matching up? Basically, which food reminds you of which Nick on a Thanksgiving Day spread? This is a great question. I, I was hoping to get something like this. We got a question like this, and I'm finishing the show with this to head in back into your Thanksgiving Day leftovers or Thanksgiving Day weekend leftovers. For me, the turkey, the turkey is the centerpiece, specifically center, centerpiece, you might know where I'm going now, centerpiece, you got to have a lot of meat on the bones, and you've got to be able to battle through the paint. 
I think the turkey, because the other thing is the turkey is not, be, not, not beloved by all. Some go with a ham. Some prefer chicken. Some go Chinese food on Thanksgiving. Apparently that's a thing that we, I think my family did that a couple of years ago. We got tired of making the food. So we just ordered in from a Chinese place. Julius Randall's the turkey for me. Not beloved by all, but he's, you know, the big fella in the middle. And, and I think that that kind of matches up well. For me, the stuffing, I, I think, you, I mean, come on. This, this, this writes itself. It's Mitchell Robinson. He's stuffing players all over the place. It's, it's my favorite part of the meal. And one of my favorite parts of watching the Knicks is watching that kid play. I mean, too easy, right? Too easy. Mashed potatoes. You can't have a meal during Thanksgiving without some mashed potatoes, maybe a little gravy on there as well. Marcus Morris. I mean, come on. Come on. Versatile, versatile item. You can put a couple different things on it. You can make a loaded mashed potato with some bacon and some sour cream and some cheese on there. Uh, if you want to get crazy with it, if you want to load it up, Marcus Morris can fill it up on the basketball court. Mashed potatoes will fill you up. I think that's a good one. Green beans. Green beans was a tough one. I didn't know if I wanted, I could have taken it one of two ways. Uh, green beans are good for you, but nobody wants them, man. And um, it's tough, but I maybe this is a little harsh, but because nobody wants them, I, I went with James Dolan here. I think James Dolan is the green beans. I, I think that he's the green beans, guys. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you think it's a player or if you want David Fisdale as your green beans, uh, maybe he, maybe he, maybe nobody wants David Fisdale, but you need him. Maybe he's the green beans and that might fit it a little bit better. Uh, cause I think he's healthy for the situation right now. I might change that. I think it might be, might have to be cause you got to get your fill of it. If you want to get better, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to switch it. I'm, I'm calling it audible. I wasn't going to do this. I'm calling it audible. David Fisdale is the green beans. You know what? Jim Dolan doesn't deserve to be on the Thanksgiving day spread. I think we can all agree on that. Don't need to talk about him while we're enjoying the holidays. So you know what? We're going to go with David Fisdale. I'm switch. I'm even going to type it up on my little sheet here. David Fisdale's the green beans because you might not like them, but you need them. And you need them to get better. And I think that works out perfectly as a metaphor. I'm going to, you're going to like this one. Well, I don't know because this is a controversial part of the meal. I find a lot of people are split on this one and it's the cranberry sauce. Some people like it. Some people don't. Some people like it a certain way. Some people like it straight out of the can like yours truly. Some people say, hey, you better, it better not have any of the actual cranberries inside as well. You better have those cranberries. It it goes back and forth. I'm going to put Frank Nilakina in this spot because it's the most debatable part of the meal. Everyone debates on this guy back and forth. I like cranberry sauce. So you might be like, hey, well, if you don't like them, why are you put them there? I like cranberry sauce. And I want it, I wanted it as every part of my meal, but it's got to be made the right way. You got to have it the right way or I don't want it. And I think that fits Frank Nilakina perfectly for this. Sweet potatoes. Because I, th- I find that almost every Thanksgiving Day meal I'm at, there are somehow sweet potatoes that find their way in there. This was the toughest one to pick because I don't know. Uh, I'm not a huge sweet potato guy, but I know a lot of people are. So specifically for the meal itself, I feel like because it's not on everybody's table, it's inconsistent. It's not, it's not always good, but if it's, if it's, if you're in the mood for it, you're good with it, but it's not a, it's not a staple. And I kind of felt like Kevin Knox kind of fits that he's not always there, but when he's, when he's in the mood, he's ready to roll and he's good. 
But if it's not made the right way, like it's not consistently, it's not always on everybody's table. There's some knocks against it, no pun intended. So I think Kevin Knox fits that pretty well. Uh, for roles, you got to have a role. You've got to have a role. And you're probably thinking, well, Sean, you're, you're leaving somebody out here. How have you not found? Roles are the cornerstone. You never have a Thanksgiving Day meal without some roles on the table. If you don't, you're nuts. And if you're nuts, you shouldn't be at the Thanksgiving Day dinner. Roles are RJ Barrett. Come on. You got to have some rolls, put some butter on it. You might take a couple of rolls if they're, if they're just, the, sometimes they're the best part of the meal, in my opinion. They're just a phenomenal part. They're a foundation of the meal. If you're not having rolls, you're not having a proper Thanksgiving Day meal. I think RJ Barrett is that guy. And I think he's the cornerstone going forward for not only any Thanksgiving Day meal, but any Knicks team as well. Last one, the dessert, the main core, the main dessert. You, you, everyone seems to have different desserts that they have uh, for their Thanksgiving Day meal. I just went with pie in general, um, and it's the thing that everyone's looking forward to uh, at the end of the meal. And to be honest with you, no Nick player deserves this title, in my opinion. No Nick coach, no Nick front office member, no owner, nobody. This is for the fans, the Nick fans are the pie. They are what we look forward to when we go to the garden. They are what we look forward to when we watch the game on TV, when the game is at MSG, or when the game's on the road and the Knicks fans travel. We we fall in love with it every time when the Knicks fans go crazy. When there's no fans, when there's no pie, it's not not great ending most times. So you've got to have the fans. Without the fans, without the pie, the meal is nothing. The game's nothing. The Nick fans have to get a shout out in this Thanksgiving Day feast. And I think that that's a nice way to put a bow, not only on this uh, question segment, but this show for this week. Guys, thank you for all your questions. Thank you for always listening. If you're not listening now, uh, please we, we, we get more of your friends to listen. I know that one comment was like, I'm not commenting enough, so that's why I'm not going to listen. I'm trying to answer your questions through here. I hope I did a good job. I hope you guys are enjoying your Thanksgiving Day weekend. Keep listening. I love you guys. You guys are the best. Keep on listening. Keep keep pushing for your Knicks. You guys are the pie, baby. Everyone looks forward to you at the end of a big meal. That's why there's no, without the pie, there's no Thanksgiving. There's no holiday season. You've got to have it. And that's why, in my opinion, dessert is the best part of the meal hope you're enjoying the leftovers hope you're enjoying the weekend and i will see you guys next time on the shock jock nicks podcast